a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. 106 is the time here in the KSL News, and we're continuing to monitor this uh, scary story developing in California right now involving a very severe car accident uh, involving Tiger Woods. Uh, the only person in the vehicle and the only vehicle involved in a rollover accident uh, where authorities in the area have made it known the jaws of life were required to remove Tiger Woods from the vehicle. Uh, there are reports now coming uh, from various outlets uh, indicating that the agent for Tiger Woods or one of the agents for Tiger Woods uh, saying that he is currently, Tiger Woods that is, currently in surgery for uh, leg injuries. In terms of his specific condition, that is as much as we know right now. But uh, news out of California this morning, pretty serious rollover accident. I can see some helicopter footage right now of a a silver vehicle. Looks like a low-profile SUV of sorts uh, laying on its side, uh, uh, driver's side down uh, with just damage all around and debris from the vehicle uh, strewn about. And I'd note, too, uh, the vehicle not that near the road. Uh, so, you know, there there was a good deal of distance traveled uh, off the road, either on wheels or off tumbling. Uh, that's uh, that's my layman's assessment of the scene I'm looking at right now. But uh, like I said before, we'll continue to, to follow this as updates and information come from the hospital or wherever it may come uh, on the condition of Tiger Woods. We'll bring it to you right here on KSL News Radio. In the meantime, we have uh, other business to attend to. Joining me on the line right now is Salt Lake County District Attorney uh, Sim Gill. Uh, sir, welcome to the program. How are you? Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here, Lee. Uh, You and I had a conversation just about a year ago about bail reform. There was a piece of legislation which passed the House, ultimately enjoyed a signature from the governor, which changed the way uh, bail is handled here in the state of Utah. Uh, You, at that time, a fan of that piece of legislation, and there is an effort now to undo what was done last year. Would you fill in the details for us? Uh, What did last year's piece of legislation do? Well, what the last year's piece of legislation did is it said that in our criminal justice system, cash bail as the only way to sort of try to assess uh, a public safety risk uh, is probably is is unjust uh, because it disproportionately impacts people who don't have money. So and it does not uh, really assess the, uh, the risk, because if you're rich and you make bail, the public safety threat that you represent continues to happen. So it tried to make a more constitutionally uh, uh, succinct and uh, a system that was more fair and just without compromising public safety. So, for example, it's still preserved that if you committed a homicide or capital offense or any first-degree felony or where there was a violence, there's substantial likelihood that you were going to continue in that violence as a felony conduct, we could keep you in jail. But it also forced prosecutors and courts and everybody to recognize that we had kind of gotten institutionally and systemically lazy by over-relying on cash bail. And we, and we really should be assessing the threat uh, uh, risk that a person poses 
not that we don't like them. So let me give you an example of what I mean. Sure. Suppose there are 100 people. What our data is showing, I, if I, we arrest 100 people, 88 of them are going to be nonviolent. 12 of them are going to be violent offenders. So it makes sense for us to focus on those 12 and not push a, an undue burden of cash bail onto the other 88. And when we focus on the 12, uh, what our data is showing that we are retaining 95% of those pretrial detentions. So we're safeguarding the public risk, not passing on the collateral impact of cash bail, which means that people lose their jobs while awaiting adjudication. Uh, they lose their uh, place of, uh, of uh, employment and their uh, place where they're living. And it has a huge impact on their families. So it was really a shift towards creating a mm -hmm. fair and just system without compromising public safety. There are uh, suspected nonviolent offenders, though, who do have the capacity of uh, injuring society somehow. Uh, how do we how do we ensure that, uh, you know, irrespective of violence or nonviolence, that uh, that the right folks uh, are, uh, you know, out of uh, you know society, making sure that uh, that society is safe? Well, certainly. So it did not eliminate cash bail. It made cash bail not be the only consideration. So it also articulated up to 20 other elements that the court can do everything. For example, in Salt Lake County, mm. we have a really robust pretrial services system. So I can put ankle monitor. I can, I can uh, give you restrictions. I can put you in treatment. I can put all sorts of conditions on that. And if you violate and commit a felony, then, uh, then I get to take you back in. So it really allows people the opportunity to not have that collateral damage. And if, if I can't articulate your public risk, then maybe we shouldn't ho be holding you in jail. So, for example, I asked one of my prosecutors early on, I said, write me a paragraph why we, this guy's a public risk and we need to hold him. And to his credit, he came back to me and said, you know what, I can't articulate uh, uh, you know, how he's a public risk. I go, then what services, what does it serve for us to use the taxpayer dollars by keeping this person in the county jail when he is not a public risk? And we can still assure public uh, supervision uh -huh. through other means uh, without compromising that safety. I see. Uh, Representative Mike Schultz, with whom we'll speak uh, coming up, he told the Deseret News that that the, the the system currently is broken on all sides. Quote, it holds people it shouldn't and is releasing people it shouldn't. Uh, is he is he off base there? According to what yeah, you told me thus far, I, 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 it seems so. Respectful, respectfully, I would have to say he is. Because let me tell you, since this law went into effect in October of last year, uh -huh. we filed 4,194 cases. Of those 4,194 cases, my prosecutors asked for pretrial detention in 499 of them because they were a risk to our community, and we got them in all but 17 of the cases. So that's a 95% retention rate that we have. And so I've asked the other people who want to uh, repeal this to say, give me the specific examples. And when we look into them, they're talking about uh, cases that were before HB 206 went into effect mm -hmm. or because their local jurisdictions are misapplying the law. And let me make one last point. Utah County, Salt Lake County, and Davis County, which represents the three largest counties, and pro we probably prosecute about 80% of the cases in the state, it is working for the three largest populations that we have and and, it, and without compromising public safety. So we're really genuinely trying to figure out what is their uh, concern, what is the actual harm that they're trying to address, because we haven't found any substantive, factual point on to which they can point. Hmm. 
Uh, well, listen, thank you for uh, your presentation. Thank you for sharing with us your perspective here. Uh, we've been speaking with Sim Gill, Salt Lake County District Attorney. Uh, I am grateful to you for your time. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, and when we return, we're going to look uh, at the, the other side of this argument. Uh, Utah Representative uh, Mike Schultz, specifically House Majority Whip Mike Schultz, uh, a Republican from Hooper has a piece of legislation in the works right now to undo what was done last year and return things to, I suppose, the status quo. That coming after only four months of this uh, new system, the one described by Sim Gill, has been in place. We'll ask him why and if enough time has transpired uh, to, to undo that which was done on bail reform here in the state of Utah. Quick break, back with more. As I told you, we're going to continue to update you on the situation regarding Tiger Woods involved in a very serious car accident in Los Angeles currently, according to reports, in surgery uh, right now for some injuries sustained to his legs. Uh, next up, more on bail reform here. On Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. Uh, as I've mentioned a number of times, we're continuing to follow the developments coming uh, from Los Angeles County in California. We this morning were informed by authorities in that area that Tiger Woods, uh, PGA champion Tiger Woods, uh, was injured in a California car crash. A single vehicle rollover traffic collision is what the sheriff's department there is calling it. And there is some uh, aerial footage, a helicopter that's swirling around, uh, zooming in on the vehicle. Uh, Really unknown what happened thus far other than uh, this uh, silver colored, what appears to be an SUV, uh, somehow loses control, ends up end over end, and Tiger Woods was extracted from the vehicle with the jaws of life. And according to uh, an agent for the golfer, uh, he's undergoing surgery right now. Multiple leg surgeries, what's being reported by Golf Digest right now. As those details continue to emerge, his condition, uh, anything about this accident, whatever we learn, we will deliver to you right here on KSL. News Radio. In the meantime, though, we are going to continue with the news of the day and the conversations uh, that inform them. Joining me now is Representative Mike Schultz to share with us the other side of the conversation that started just before the newscast there, before the commercial break, rather, with Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill. It all revolves around bail reform. There was a system in place. A piece of legislation came in, relaxed that system in the in the eyes of some, and now there are those uh, being led by House Majority Whip Mike Schultz who would like to see a return to the way things were. Uh, Representative, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, uh, great, Lee. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be here. I sure no. appreciate it. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, listen, let's get right into it. Uh, Sim Gill just a moment ago said that uh, the the past four months since HB uh, 206 went into place, uh, that everything's been good, that things have been fine, and that uh, justice has been done, and that the and that community uh, has been safe. Uh, is he off base there? He, uh, he certainly is, Lee, and I, I couldn't disagree further, and I, I, I appreciate it. But first off, I, before I get into that, I just want to point out this is not a, a repeal and go back to the old system okay. and never look at how we move forward. This is more about process than anything else. It's, 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 it's repeal, push pause for a minute, and come together with the stakeholders who are all over the place right now. You've got all stakeholders are not united at all. 
and uh, and that's a, that's that's a very scary process where we're at right now for such a big issue that, that uh, in our state and such an important policy issue. So uh, yeah, I, I, in regards to uh, everything's just fine. Um, I will say this: I've talked to every stakeholder group, and none of them believe that things can stay as is. That there's there's major changes that needed to be to 206. What what the the, the where we all differ is the process forward. Um, and so, uh, and I just want to tell you why it's so important. Please. Over the weekend, I received a, a Facebook message from a person. I'd just like to read it really quick. It says, Reverend Schultz, you, have, you and I have never met, but I wanted to personally say thank you for sponsoring the repeal of bail reform on HB 220. That bill caught my attention because how how it is applicable to me. I'm an investigator in the Attorney General's office on the ICAC task force. I arrested a suspect in Hyde Park and booked him in Cache County on some very serious charges. As you can imagine, I was absolutely livid when I learned that the suspect was released from jail before I got home that night. Anyway, thank you for sponsoring the bill, and I hope it passes. Now, I just want to point out what that that uh, uh, person was charged for when he and uh, in, in his background uh, when he says very serious charges. Sure. It, 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 it's uh, uh, he was a previous sex offender for child pornography. He had cameras placed around the house in bedrooms and bathrooms, and was recording his stepchildren. Um, that's what. Uh, this investigator from the attorney general's office is is referring to, and he was released from jail within hours of being arrested, and uh, you know had the opportunity to go back into the house where with the same children that he had just uh, sexually uh, offended. And so, to me, no, and is, uh, I is, think is, is that not be more wrong? Is that, that scenario that you just described uh, in the letter from constituent? Is that a direct result from the changes that came about in 206, a direct result of the conditions yeah. uh, that have been in place here in the state of Utah for the past four months? Yeah, it is. In fact, the, the defense attorney argued the, the new law that had just been put in place in regards to 206 to get him out of jail. Absolutely. I, I want to say this. I do think that Salt Lake County is a little bit different than the rest of the state, but there's 29 counties in the state. Salt Lake County is one of them. And Salt Lake County does have a very robust pretrial release program that's got millions of dollars funding it. They're the only county that has that broad of a, 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 a pretrial release program. And I think that's why you see Sim Gill saying that it Salt Lake, you know, things are good in Salt Lake County. But that is not consistent around the state. In fact, you have uh, the Davis County prosecutor uh, that's currently challenging the constitutionality of the current of, of HB 206 and, and some of the sta- and, and some of the language in the statute. What uh, well, speaking of Davis County, the, the, the claim is that uh, that both Troy Rawlings with Davis County as yeah. well uh, as the counterpart in Utah County are on the side of Sim Gill here. Uh, and in the well, claim, and help me with the math, but Sim yeah. claims that eighty percent of of you know the bookings uh, take place across those three counties. Well, I, I can just tell you that uh, I, I have yet to meet a person that tells me HB two hundred six can stand as is, and uh, and and I do know for a fact that Davis County prosecutors are currently challenging and have challenged the constitutionality of that statute. So I think the questions come in how we go forward, mm-hmm. and what I'm seeing, I can't, I, I just, Lee, if the citizens of the state would be ashamed 
if they knew that this is the process that was happening in regards to public safety, to, you know, to protect the victims and the citizens of the state against some of the most dangerous criminals. You have working group meetings going on with people popping in and out right now at the last, the very end of the session, because we're all so busy and some of the major stakeholders are going in and out of the group and not being able to fully focus on it. Like yeah. this, this is a huge important policy uh, decision for the state and, 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 and public safety is at risk in this way. I could not be more clear on that. You, you heard the, 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 the example in, in, in Cache County. And so all I'm saying is we need to have a process. That's it. We need to have a process. And right now, the stakeholders are not united on a way forward. And so until then, we push pause, go back to where we were four months ago, just four months ago. This was implemented on October 1st. Let's go back to where we were four months ago and put together a working group and do it the right way. And so this is more about process than anything else. And and we owe it to the citizens of the state to do it and do it right. Not these half-baked ideas that come late in the session yeah. and nobody's coalescing around an idea. That's the wrong way to be doing uh, – public safety in, in, in this state. You mentioned you mentioned your interactions with various stakeholders, and I won't ask you to you know represent them, certainly, but uh, what are you hearing from uh, organizations like, say, the Sheriff's Association or other organizations of law enforcement? Absolutely, yeah. The, the, so just, uh, yeah, the Sheriff's Association are, are, are for pushing pause, starting over, repeal defense attorneys, AG's office, victims' councils. There's others. There's other stakeholders out here. And I also want to point out, too, uh, New Mexico did this, Lee. Governor Suzanne Martinez felt strongly enough about the process that their state went through that she sent out a video message to the to lawmakers in this state and to the citizens of this state warning us of going down this path and to be very cautious. And so that's all I'm saying is like I surely believe this is a path we should go down. We have some serious changes and some things that we need to change in our bail system. But it's about process. And we've got to get it right, and we owe that to the, to the public and the citizens of the state to get it right. Representative Mike Schultz, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks for your service up on Utah's Capitol Hill. Look forward to speaking to you again soon. Hey, you betcha. Thanks, Lee. Anytime. Right. Sure appreciate the opportunity. Of course. Uh, all right. Well, there you have it, the two sides of this uh, situation. It's complicated stuff, and it, uh, it can be seemingly difficult to follow, and maybe maybe that's at the root of the, the disagreements. Uh, because, you know, for the most part, you and I aren't going to be interacting with the bail system. You and I aren't getting uh, arrested. And so, you know, understanding firsthand what's all being discussed here can be very challenging. But I would uh, encourage you and invite you to familiarize yourself with this issue. You've heard from uh, a pair of the stakeholders here. There are plenty more. Uh, but it all surrounds the issue of bail reform here in the state of Utah. A bad guy does something. They get locked up on suspicious of some, suspicion of something. Uh, and what are the circumstances that allow them? to go free before trial. Uh, That's all uh, being debated right now, as it has been for some time here on Utah's Capitol Hill. Quick break. When we return, a shift in the public health order. In fact, a brand new one laid out, which has a pathway to tossing out the masks. What's that all about? We'll be joined by KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson next to spell it all out for us ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. 
Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.